Welcome to the Walking Together podcast. This week we are talking about what is not in the Bible. Fake Bible verses? Fake Bible verses. Well, wait a second. Who's here? We got John, Kyle, and myself, Nick, but we are missing Jordan. We are. Because he's chasing lizards in the Everglades. He's got to bring us back one of those gigantic ones that you showed me the other day. A lion iguana? So it is spring break here in the east coast of North Carolina. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So most of the staff are gone on vacation. And uh, yeah, so you got us three today. Mm-hmm. I think it's. I still think it's going to be pretty good. Yeah. So fake Bible verses. Who's got one? Well, what do we mean by fake Bible verses? Something that is a saying that your mama or your grandma has said, and it has been burned into your brain. You might, be and a you redneck. believed it as truth. You might be a Christian if no. <laughs> Give us an example. Um, so the one that immediately sticks out to me is uh, God only helps those who help themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when if you hear that when you're ignorant uh, or don't know, uh, it's funny how people take ignorant as a bad word. <laughs> uh, if you hear that over and over, then you get it just, you know, uh, sub- Consciously, unconsciously, I don't know the right term. Um, you think, well, I got to help myself, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of makes sense logically, but uh, that's why it's important to um, have a relationship with God and to know the word for yourself and read it for yourself and not just come on Sunday and hear somebody else's thoughts on what their relationship with God. Yeah. So, what's another one? Well, what what would well, you say in response up. to that one? Res- God only helps those who help themselves. Uh, why? Why he is did it not? Wrong? That's not my case. I don't think that's anybody's case. Well, first mm-hmm. off, where would you find that? Where do you find anything related to that in the Bible? That's in Hezekiah four twelve. Ah, uh, okay. I think that's the book that we're going to find most of these sayings in today. Mm-hmm. It's in Hezekiah. Just a disclaimer for you guys. That's not a book of the Bible. It's in Second James. If you, if you look for it, you will not find it. Jude chapter 2. I don't know what to say. <laughs> it's funny how, you know, you take the Bible as absolute truth. So anytime you put something pertaining to the Bible in front of whatever you're going to say, people just think it's the truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's why you got to be sharp and know... You know, hide the word in your heart and and know it because right. it is easy to be led astray. Yeah, yeah. it is. Because that's, I mean, that's what Satan did with Jesus too. Oh well, what's the? It's it, in the right? Gospels. Um, gosh, y'all, you know, even demons know scripture, right? Yeah. Even the devil knows scripture. And James, James so chapter two says that it's about having a relationship because uh, the devil will use it against you. Yeah, use it against Jesus. Right. Turn this stone into bread, and then Jesus said, "Teach a man to fish." 
and he'll eat for a lifetime. Jesus said that. <laughs> no, he didn't. No, he didn't say that. But you're right, though. We do have to be sharp, though, because, uh, you know, if we don't, if we claim these things and then actually don't know what the Bible says, then uh, we could be getting it really twisted. So what does Jesus say? Are you looking it up, John? What does Jesus say when the devil's tempting him after he comes out of the wilderness for 40 days? Well, there's three temptations, right? Yep. But what does he say in response to that? Um, He says something along the lines of, I can't remember it word for word, but... I remember his response to the bread one. What, what, What was it? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Father. So the first temptation, the devil said during the, it says during that, that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say, please don't, uh, people don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple. And he said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say that he will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands so that you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. And Jesus replied, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world with their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil went away. Yeah, because he was like, dang it. (laughs) Resist the devil and he will flee. That is scripture. I was about to say that one's real. So what what was the verse you said? Or fake, sorry, fake verse you said? Uh, God only helps those who help themselves. Because there's a tiny bit of truth in that. And I wanted to point it out. God helps anybody who is willing to submit to him. So that is the part of that verse. I shouldn't say verse. Part of that quote is not true. (laughs) But there is a little bit of truth in not helping yourself, God's going to help you. Like there's not some sort of reward system or, or payment, but there is a little bit of truth in you have to, you do have to, you know, put some kind of effort or action in, uh, what you do, but it is not a merit based system. It's not a, you know, God, what is grace? Grace is getting what you don't deserve, right? Right. And mercy is not getting what you do deserve. Right. And so I I think people hang, like get hung up on or believe that to be true because it is biblical to do things with excellence or to put effort into things. So you don't want to take it to the other extreme and say, well, I don't have to do anything and God will just do it all. And I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be lazy because, you know, that you can lean too far to the other side and say, well, I don't have to do anything because God is going to do it all. And I know that's, you know, getting into some muddy water, but in my opinion, I know I don't have to work 
my salvation was paid for. Right. But it should produce something right. afterward because as a, lo- as a love response, acknowledging what God has done for me. Right. But it's not a reward. It's not a sticker, carrot type of system. <laughs> if you do what I say, then, you know. Gold star. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing that always stood out to me about that one is, um, you know, it. I guess really the conversation comes down to faith, you know, because faith without works is dead. We do know that. That's from James. That's actually a verse. Um, but nowhere in Scripture do you read, you know, God only helps those who help themselves. God is good. He's a father. He loves us. And uh, I think, you know, me getting ready to have a, a baby and y'all both being fathers, are you only apt to help your kids if they're helping themselves? Mm-mm. Sometimes you help them even if they don't want it. So, sometimes you, you help them when they fight it. <laughs> right. Well, that is, you know, loving unconditionally. Right. Um, and I don't think we can, until we get to be with uh, Jesus, I don't think we can ever fully understand God's unconditional love uh, because we don't love like that mm-hmm. in that capacity. We try to, but, you, you know, you're always working toward but never fully attaining God, you know, the likeness of Jesus right. while we're here on this earth. But, um, you know, when you have a child, you start, for me, I started to understand a little more what that love meant. Uh, because when you have that baby, you just, uh, something changes in you. Um, and you start to realize, like, I would do anything for this guy or gal. Uh, and, you know, it just changes you. It's hard to explain unless you've experienced it. Um, and I'm sure moms could speak better to it because they're the one that actually has to have it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's why women have that nurturing, motherly nature. But, you know, men play an important part on the other side of, the, of that loving, protecting nature as well. Right. Yeah. And so I would say that all these fake Bible verses that we're going to talk about are really just misunderstandings of who we are to God and who God is. So, right. So with that being said, what's yeah, another I mean, one? I mean, cleanliness is next to godliness. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know anybody that's not clean? Don't answer that. <laughs> so does that mean you can be unclean? <laughs> Does that mean you could be smelly and still be godly? Yeah. I've known some smelly, godly people. So does that mean you should (laughs) choose to be... I took a shower this morning. I did too. So should you choose to be dirty? Why are you avoiding the question? I'm trying to get to the complicated parts of the question. Me and John both took showers this morning. Yeah, you didn't. I didn't. 
No. I took one last night. Did you put deodorant on? I did. Bro. I like to... I like the musk, a little bit of musk with my deodorant. <laughs> oh, oh. oh, man. So would we say he's partly godly then? Partly. Partly. Yeah. My my boys are not. <laughs> they, they have hit adolescence and uh, yeah. inherited the things that come along with that, that, mm. un, that onion smell. So where do you mm. think that comes from? Does that come maybe from the Old Testament and... And how Being what clean. I think about is the high priest having to go into holies of holies and right. do all the rituals and and you know if he won't just write you know they tied a rope to his leg and drug him out of there and they're like get it you know you have to walk around yeah. yelling unclean unclean yep so what is Jesus so uh, you know we're going through the Bible project Bible in a year plan and they have the devotional videos and. And uh, if anybody's listening to this and hasn't watched it, there's a video they put out on holiness, and it describes kind of this very well and gives you visual. Uh, but, you know, Jesus kind of turned the tables on that because used to, before Jesus, when something unclean touched you, it made you unclean. And then Jesus comes and he starts touching all these unclean things and imparting his holiness cleanliness onto them and you know turns the tables so he totally turned it on its head then upside down kingdom yep yeah that that is pretty interesting right but i think some people would still have the question uh so does that mean you shouldn't be clean or no hygiene wise no i mean i just wouldn't pigeon hold it on is that the phrase? Sure. It, go with it. I wouldn't stake everything. There we go. Because I don't really know that phrase. Uh, I wouldn't stake everything on whether or not somebody put deodorant on. Right. So you shouldn't judge. You shouldn't say, well, I am more presentable and cleaner than you, and I take care of myself better than you, so that makes me godlier than you. Right. I think is what we're trying to get to. Mm. Yeah. This too shall pass. <laughs> to quote Gandalf. <laughs> Wait, is that a Bible verse that you've heard? It's a Bible verse. This this oh, too shall pass. I don't know. I think that was always biblical. People, people say it all the time, right? Nope. Not in the scriptures. What? Nope. But what about what Bobby said? Like, it, behold, the it, end of all things is near. Right. In well, Second that, Peter. That's not this too shall pass. <laughs> this might not pass. Just saying. Yeah, or you it may, to stay it, in it a while. You yeah, might have to sit there for a little bit. It may, but it might be 40 years. Right. right. Or, or you might be Moses, and you might be looking at the promised land and never entering it. Right. In this life. In other words, he shall not pass. Something I love, you know, everybody brings that up about Moses, you know, man, he put up with so much crap and he did that one thing wrong. That don't seem fair, does it? God works in mysterious ways. But but what happened on the other side of that? (laughs) On the other side of that, Moses did get to see the Jesus or God gave Jesus and God, same, same thing gave Moses like a personal tour of the promised land. Mm. 
And then he got to spend eternity with him. So, yeah, in this life, he didn't get um, everything that he should have. I shouldn't even say should have. He he was he disobeyed, and God clearly commanded him to do something. He didn't do it, so God stuck to His word. Mm-hmm. And but that doesn't mean. But God won't give you more than you can handle. Oh, so that's another mm-hmm. one. That's my that is to me. <clears throat> Nick's getting hyped. That's my that's one that is quoted a lot. Especially, Why is it you know, wrong though, Nick? Because God always gives me more than I can handle. You know why? Why? Because it turns turns me to him and makes me rely on him. So I am grateful that God gives me more than I can handle. Right. God won't give you more than he can handle. What can't he handle? Nothing. So but that's actually one that I've been had people quote to me the absolute most. Right. Uh, because when you're vulnerable and you're in a bad situation or going through a trial you're like yes that's something i can hold on to god won't give me more than i can handle i can do this let's go do some stuff and then you figure out you're still wading through the crap and you're (laughs) like man i don't know about this (laughs) but but i just remember try to remember when you're in a valley or going through a trial we talk about this all the time. You know, that is when the most growing and stretching and, and fruit most time is produced if you're staying close to God and not missing what he's doing instead of looking at it like, well, God won't give me more than I can handle so I can do this and I'm just going to. But if you just follow your heart, it won't lead you wrong. Hey, that. <laughs> Who sings that song? Hey, I actually have a verse about the last one <laughs> before we dive into that one because good night. Um, so anytime anybody quotes that to me, that God won't give you more than you can handle, um, in Jehoshaphat's prayer, Second Chronicles 20, uh, he says, well, the end of his prayer says, uh, okay, here it is. Uh, O God, O our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Uh, So they were coming up against the... um, Jehoshaphat was one of the kings of Israel. And uh, the... Let's see. The Moabites, the Ammonites, and with them some of the... Mayanites came against Jehoshaphat for battle. So three groups of people, three armies came against him. And the way Jehoshaphat describes them is a great horde, a great army that is coming against them. God ain't going to give him more than he can handle, right? No, he did. He did. That that was the answer. I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah. But he said, uh, you know, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. So anytime anybody... Uh, says that to you, quote that verse back to him. Second Chronicles 20, verse 18, I think it was. Verse 12, sorry. All right, now to the next one. And then just follow your heart. Yeah, yeah. I think that was uh, Walt Disney. 
Walt Disney said that one? Yeah. I don't remember who said that. But it was definitely not in the scripture because the scripture says the opposite. Right. Listen to your heart when he's calling for you. You know that song. Uh, yeah. Sing it for me. Sing it. That's the only part I know. Uh, but I was really enjoying that. Yeah, that was pretty good. Let's Can not go down that it? road. <laughs> Can you sing it for the outro? Yes. Okay. But uh, yeah, yeah. So follow your heart. Why is that not? Well, you already said that. I think like, some people would take it as biblical because you say, well, Jesus is in my heart, so that must make it good, and I can just listen to my heart, right? Yeah, except that Jeremiah seventeen nine <laughs> 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 says, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search the heart's and examine secret motives, I will give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. Wow. Yeah, that's I think a little bit an, different. Isn't there another one in Proverbs or Psalms? Uh, a, David says something about uh, your heart being deceitfully wicked or... Uh, who can know it? Yeah. Who can know a man's heart? That was Jeremiah. That's what I just oh. read. Yeah. There's another yeah. one, though. I well, th- I'll find it. Well, there's the, I'll take from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Like, right. Yeah, well, so I can, you know, I can see where people go down that road and think, well, I have been redeemed and saved, so my heart must be good now. You got a verse for that? Say that one more time. I missed you. I, was... I can see where people, you know, assume I've been redeemed, I've been saved, so my heart must be good now. Mm. And I can follow it. But guess what? Mm. We're still living on earth, which is, according to Scripture, I believe in Ephesians, which is ruled by... The prince of the power of the air. Yeah. So so I, I always go back to uh, Romans 7. You know... When Paul's talking about, I do what I don't want to do, and yeah. I still do it anyway, and I'm tired of doing it, and right. I don't like to do it, and I don't know why I do it, but I do it. Right. <laughs> like, uh, I think that fully explains that whole scenario. To me, it does anyway. Because, I mean, he he wrote over half the New Testament. <laughs> you know, I, like, I, if this dude still struggled with, uh, you know, his heart not always leading him in the right direction. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's our scenario as well. Mm-hmm. You got any more, John? I know you do. I see the wheels turning. Let me, let me, let me read it right quick. Romans seven fourteen. So the trouble is not with the law for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me for I am all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I 
do what I don't want to do, I'm really not the one doing it. It is the sin living in me that does it. I've discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind that makes me a slave to sin that is within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death. Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. See how it is in my mind. I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. And what I love because that seems kind of discouraging. Like, well, it's an uphill battle. <laughs> but it's right after he gets done saying that in Romans 8, 1 and 2. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Jesus Christ. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I literally, I just had this conversation with Gary just a minute ago. Uh, we were talking about how we're created in God's image and how before, um, after, well, after the fall, before we receive Christ and receive the spirit. We make all of our decisions off of what we think to be the right way and what our body tells us. So we're, we're three parts like God is body, soul, and spirit, but our spirit's dead in our trespasses and sins and is made alive in Christ Mm -hmm. until it's made alive in Christ. We make all of our decisions off of what seems right to us. Um, and the Bible's got a lot to say about mm-hmm. that too, about what seems right to a man um, versus what actually is. Uh, so I think that uh, that one's probably near and dear to my heart here over the last little bit because we've we've taught on it a lot. We've we've had a lot of discussions around the spirit versus the flesh, and um, you know blessings versus curses in in that same regard. Um, I think that, um, a lot of these things that we're talking about, a lot of these little side, side things that sound right and sound logical or, uh, like they would be the right thing to us. I think those are all counterfeits of what God laid out for us. Mm-hmm. So what's an application? Like what, what can you do with that? Like I, I, have to tell myself my heart is an idol making worship factory mm-hmm. like yep. i am naturally going to do things that are selfish and so to counteract that bobby has been saying it all all since the beginning of the year if you if you watch tv or listen to the Bible more. If you read books, read the Bible more. If whatever you, mm-hmm. what you put in is what's going to come out. We say that all the time, and it's easy to say, harder to do. But just practically, if you're not spending any time hiding any of the Scripture in your heart and remembering those things, remembering Romans eight one and two, that it is Jesus Christ and through His Spirit. You have been made alive, and that is what frees you from all of that. Then you're naturally going to do, you're naturally going to come up with these half truths. 
that mm. seem right because it's what you selfishly want to do. Yeah. And what do we know about half truths? Their whole lies. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I think that's a really good point. Like you you can know these sayings, but know your Bible better. And then don't use the sayings. Right. Because <laughs> if you know the truth but still live in the lie, then that's sin. sin. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that's this is this is a good good topic to hit on. Just the the fake Bible verses, things that aren't actually there, the um the false stuff that the world tells us. I mean, even stuff like uh, another thing that came to mind was like the, um, well, all paths lead to, lead to God kind of thing. The, right. You know, as long as you believe in a higher power, then we're going to end up in the same, you know, same place anyways. Also not biblical, right. not true. Absolutely. Uh, but the world screams that. Um, and I think we've even in the, in the church adopted some things along the way that, um, that are, kind of counter what God teaches. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, cause it, so this is something that I've had a lot of discussions about cause I did whenever I was in school, you know, some of my Bible classes were talking about just religions in general. And the one thing that kept coming up was, you know, there are aspects of even Christianity that are contrary to mm-hmm. what the Bible teaches. And it's because we've fallen into, I'm going to use a, couple big terms here but therapeutic moralistic deism Mm -hmm. understanding that there's a higher power trying to live by morals that seem good and right so that it makes us feel better is what all three of those terms when put together mean but really that is not that's not the life abundant that we're called to you know in john 14 6 Uh, because you know that's one of the things where that that whole way of life is something that the enemy has uh, stolen and tricked you into thinking uh, is keeps you in right standing with God. But what he says is uh, the, the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. But I've Jesus saying, you know, I've come to give life and life abundance. So what does that life abundant look like? It's not the therapeutic moralistic deism. Mm-mm. It's yeah. not thinking that God created everything and leaving us to our own devices, but I think a lot of times too, it's, it's, you know, we, we try to, uh, we try to go for the path least resistance or the things that seem easy and, uh, gentle and, um, satisfying to us, the things that satisfy an immediate need, um, or an immediate want, um, rather than, uh, allowing God to do the things in us that, require some sacrifice but then in the long run are are better for us and mm-hmm. i think that, that what i thought of whenever you were just saying that a minute ago is proverbs fourteen twelve. there's a path before each person that seems right but it ends in death right <laughs> you know like <laughs> right um it seems right to us and it's like you know because we're seeing small successes right here in the short term in in this way that seems right to us, we continue down that path and that path just leads us right off the edge of a cliff. Yeah. Um, whereas a lot of times when we follow Christ, it's difficult. Um, you know, we experience hardship in our lives. We experience, uh, you know, different circum- life circumstances that are, that are difficult to walk through. But when we walk through difficult things, God builds things into us that makes us more in his image. 
Right. Um, and that's harder for us to accept as, as human beings, you know, we just, we always look for the easy or the, uh, you know, the get rich quick scheme. <laughs> right. There's actually a proverb about that too. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but all righty y'all. Well, any other, uh, final thoughts on that? Cause I think, um, I do think that that was a really good topic to cover because is something that I'm probably going to hear by the end of the day today is one of the mm-hmm. <laughs> things, you know, uh, it's all around us, which is ma- like Nick was saying earlier, we have to make sure that where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> that's another one, y'all, in case you were wondering. <laughs> in Jesus' name. <laughs> yeah, as long as you say in Jesus' name. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All righty. Well, do y'all have any other final thoughts on that? Um, just the whole in Jesus name. Um, it just goes back to what we said at the beginning. Like, just because you put scripture in front of or behind it, or say in Jesus name, does not make it. True. I, I think Jesus is sitting up in heaven going, "Bro, don't pin that on me." <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I didn't that ain't say mine. That. <laughs> that ain't mine. Or, or even you know, fake Bible verses could go into misinterpreted Bible verses. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. That that actually is a uh, another topic that I want to cover on another episode. Misinterpretation of scripture. Yeah, that'll be good. So, well, cool deal, y'all. Thank you for these, John. Thank you for coming up with all of them. You you tend to hear a couple whenever you live in the South. <laughs> That's why we always say it in a redneck voice when we do. Right, yeah. That's exactly Bless your it. heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, well, thank y'all for listening to another episode of the Walking Together podcast. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns... There's always tomorrow. Lord... That's right. There is always tomorrow. And you can check out the website at Walking Together. No, sorry. GatheringSurfCity.com slash WTP. You know what the WTP stands for. Anyway, yeah, you can go there. Leave your questions, comments, concerns, or anything else. We would love to hear from you. Uh, If you have another topic that you'd love for us to discuss, you can drop it in there. And we may just talk about it. So uh, thank you all for listening. Tune in for the next episode. It's going to be a good one. Thanks, y'all. Listen to your heart when he's calling for you.